Please stand as you are able for the reading of today's scripture. From Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 41, hear these words that Jesus said. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. You look nice this morning. Thank you. Somebody finally got it. They said, and you do too. I appreciate that so much. I've been working on this thing for three weeks, and I am so glad somebody got it. Good Good morning, church. This week, we start week four of our sermon series, Things I Wish Jesus Never Said. But before we go into our lesson, let us go to God in prayer, because I always have to pray before I preach. Gracious God, Lord, thank you so much for allowing me, God, to stand here this morning, God, to be the messenger of your word, God. Use me, God. Allow your Holy Spirit to rise up within me, God. And may the words that come out of my mouth, God, be pleasing and acceptable to you. And God, I pray for all of those that are listening under the sound of my voice this morning. God, give them ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart to receive, and a mind to comprehend what you are saying to us this morning. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord, for we, your servants, are listening. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. As most of you know, I was raised most of my life by both of my grandmothers. One grandmother was so sweet, meek, a peacemaker, and the other grandmother was outspoken, short-tempered, and ready to fight. Both of these women love God, they love people, and they both would do anything for you. When I read this text, it reminded me of a story when I was 12 years old. A good friend of mine, so I thought she was a good friend of mine, she asked me to walk to the store with her. I said, okay, let me go and ask my granny to make sure it's okay. My granny said, yes, so here we go, trucking off to the store, having a good conversation, going in the store, bought goodies, coming out of the store, and as we come out of the store, three girls jump us. Well, so I thought they jumped us, but as it turns out, they jumped me. Yes. I was mad, and I wanted revenge. My granny, the sweet one, said, baby, you must have really put up a fight because you don't have that many marks and scratches on you. 
And I stood proud and I said, yes, ma'am. I sure did give it all I got. My granny said, baby, I know you are mad. And I know you want to get back at those girls. She said, but baby, do you remember the sermon that was preached a couple of Sundays ago? Remember when the pastor said that you're supposed to turn the other cheek? Well, church, I looked at my granny. I said, yes, ma'am. But under my breath, I said, I'm not Jesus. I'm going to get them back if it's the last thing I do. My granny said, baby, remember, two wrongs don't make a right. But I said to myself, I'm going to make it right for me. <laughs> so then I got to call my granny the fighter. I told my granny, these three girls jumped me. My granny said, how did you do? <laughs> I said, I gave it all I had. She said, that's my girl. I said, granny, let me tell you. I'm going to get them back if it's the last thing I do. And my granny said, and you get them good. <laughs> Church, I had a sure proof plan. I knew the time, the minute that I was going to strike the next morning. I stayed up late that night plotting my revenge. The next morning, my granny the sweet one said, I know you want to get back at those girls, but remember what the Bible says. We turned the other cheek. I said, yes, ma'am. Gave her a kiss and headed off to school. <laughs> Church, I was a stubborn child. Yes, I got those girls back that day one by one. <laughs> However, my granny was right. Two wrongs don't make a right. It equals two wrongs. I got caught. I had to sit in the front of the school bus. The bus driver escorted me to the principal's office. I got in trouble in school. And of course, I got in trouble when I got home. But I gotta tell y'all, it still felt good to get them back. <laughs> today, Jesus begins his ministry. He has called his first disciples. He has been teaching in their synagogues, healing the sick, and now he is preaching to his disciples and the crowds. This sermon sets the stage for the mission of God through the agency of Jesus' teaching and actions, the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus teaches his disciples along with the crowds about the kingdom that he announced in Matthew 4 and 17. Kings in the ancient world had absolute power over their dominions. However, they also had responsibilities toward their subjects. The kings were to provide protection for their territories and the people in them, provide the needs for their subjects, maintain order in the kingdom, especially legal order, 
And they also represented God, representing the authority of God to the people. But the kingdom in which Jesus is teaching about is the kingdom of heaven, where God reigns and Jesus is king. Jesus is teaching of the kingdom of heaven, both in a already and not yet state. Meaning the kingdom of heaven is here now, yet the fullness of the kingdom will not be fulfilled until Jesus returns. Jesus' miracles, teachings, and ministry are manifestations of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus teaches his expectations for his disciples in light of the arrival of God's reign. The sermon centers on a call to call the people to a covenant of faithfulness, and it provides a vision of how discipleship ought to look as God comes to make all things right. The sermon begins with the annunciation of blessings or the Beatitudes. These blessings, the great reversals that will happen with the arrival of God's reign, Jesus teaches on expectations of kingdom discipleship and enables the believing community to live it out. The first four Beatitudes, Jesus pronounces a blessed condition on those who would not be considered blessed or fortunate in life. You know, those who are spiritually poor or hopeless, those who mourn, those who weak, those who are oppressed, and those who starve for justice. These four blessings focus on whose situation is most destitute with the promise that their situations reversed in God's coming kingdom. These reversals will bring blessings like the kingdom belongs to them. They shall receive comfort. They will inherit the earth. Their longing for justice will be filled. The final four, with the fourth expanded, blessings are conferred on those that live their lives in a way that aligns with the values characterizing God's reign. As God's people show mercy, seek justice, and peace, and they live with the resort of persecution, they show their alignment with God's care for those most destitute. The harmony between their actions and God's kingdom ensures they will receive mercy. They will see God, be called God's children, and they are already receiving and living the kingdom. The Beatitudes are followed by a declaration of the distinctive identity and mission of Jesus' followers of the world. You've heard them before. They are the salt of the earth. They are the light of the world. Jesus begins to affirm that he has not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill. Jesus not only wanted people to obey the law, he also wanted people to extend grace 
to those who hurt you, grace to those who mistreat you, grace to those who take advantage of you. And we can add to the list. Jesus goes on to give commands on how to handle anger, lust, divorce, oaths, and for our sermon today, <laughs> retaliation. In this text, the world says one thing, yet Jesus says another. Jesus starts by saying, you have heard that it was said. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil door. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Church, this is the love and the law of the Lord. Listen again to what Jesus says. The world says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Meaning if someone strikes you, you strike them back. That's a backhanded blow and it's an act of dishonor. Yet even though you've been dishonored, Jesus says do not resist an evildoer. If anyone strikes you on the right cheek, then you turn the other also. The world says if someone sues you and takes your coat, meaning if someone removes your basic possessions from you, Jesus is saying, don't stop there. He says, give your cloak as well. Give them whatever they want. If anyone forces you to go one mile, back then the Romans, they could mandate a civilian to carry a load of weight for a mile. But Jesus says, no, don't stop at a mile. Carry two miles. <laughs> Church, this text is hard because it sounds like we are to let people mistreat us and walk all over us. When you read this text, you struggle with these commands of Jesus. You may ask yourself, how can I do this when I'm hurting? They hurt me. They used me. They mistreated me. They are selfish. They're evil. They're wicked. I do not believe that Jesus was saying that you allow people to hurt you. Jesus was saying that evil is overthrown by love. The love of God has defended and defeated the enemy. Church, Jesus is teaching us today how to live out our lives under the law of love. Jesus is calling us to kingdom discipleship. In kingdom discipleship, we must live our lives in love. Jesus understands that to love like God is hard. The law of love only comes from God and God enables us through Jesus Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit to live in this love. See church, we cannot possibly love ourselves, our enemies, or even God, 
without God giving us the power to love. This love that Jesus is speaking of comes only from God. Let me tell you about this kind of love. God is love, and God gives God's best. According to John 3.16, God loved the world that God gave God's beloved son, Jesus Christ. Scripture does not say that God gave God's son to a selective few. No, God gave God's son for everyone. The good, the bad, the nasty, the ugly, the evil, the sweet, and the list may go on. God's love enables us to love God, and through that love, we can love neighbor and ourselves. When we love like God, we love people in spite of their skin color, their social status, their sexual orientation, their flaws, their mistakes, and whatever else you would like to add. The bottom line is we are to love. God's love is gracious and generous. God loves us no matter what we do. According to Romans 8 and 38, Paul says, For I am convinced nothing can separate us from the love of God. When you love like God, you say to those who hurt you, I will love you no matter what. This type of love doesn't mean that you continue to take the treatment, but instead of hating the person, you ask God to show you how to forgive and love this person. I will pray for you even if you mistreat me. When we love like God, we can give our best even if our best is not appreciated, accepted, or good enough. When we love like God, we love others even if the love isn't returned. I would like to share a story with you of how the power of God's love truly works. When my husband decided that he was going to leave me with my three children, not only did he leave me, but he said some ugly and harsh words to me. He didn't support us financially. He could care less if we lived or we died. He became a very evil and cruel man. Then one day, Zach was in an incident that caused him to be paralyzed from the waist down. And church, I knew he needed somebody. If not me, then who? So I go to the hospital. They release Zach to me, and I nurse him back to health, at least where he had strength to get up and down in the wheelchair made sure he had nurses, made sure he received the proper care. But even in caring for him, he had become bitter. So now he's bitter and he's still mean. But yet, I still cared for him until he was strong enough to go and live with his brother. And Zach and I, after a while, Zach called me, he apologized, he told me he was sorry. He didn't realize the angel that he had. He asked for my forgiveness. 
I forgave him and we became the best of friends until his death. So I'm a living testimony that the power of God's love works. God's love offers renewal and hope. According to Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When we love God, we will preach and teach hope into people's lives. We will tell of the good news of God everywhere we go. We will tell the story of how Jesus loved us so much. Can I get an amen? All right, I'm just making sure you're up this morning. God's love opens our eyes and our hearts to see the injustice of the world and desire change in the world. When you love like God, you get off your blessed assurance and you go out into the world, church. You go and you break bread with people that are not like you, that didn't come from where you come from. You become the voice for those who have no voice. Church, in closing, I pray that today you choose to stop loving like the world and start loving like God. I know that it will be hard, but God's empowering love can help you. All you must do is ask God to come into your heart and teach you God's ways. Church, it wasn't easy caring for Zach. I really didn't want to do it. I was still hurt, scorned, angry, yet I loved him and I knew he needed me and he needed to see the love of God active in his life through me. Church, every day I cared for my husband was hard. I cried and I prayed to God every day to teach me how to care for this man. I ask God daily for strength to persevere. When you operate in love, it not only transforms the person who hurts you, it also transforms you. See, during my time as a caregiver, God was healing my hurt and my pain. God allowed me to forgive my husband during it all. Amen. Mm -mm -mm. Much like my story in the beginning, if I had listened to the wisdom of my grandmother and obeyed her teaching and trusted that she knew what was best, it would have saved me from getting in trouble. <laughs> I believe Jesus is asking us today through this text, I can hear Jesus now saying, children of God. See, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Listen to my instruction. Obey my commands and trust that I know what's best for you. Ask God to show you how to love all people, no matter what they have done to you. Today can be a new beginning for you. Church, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, will you please love like God? In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let the church say amen. Amen.